What do you do when you see your marriage drifting away? The love that you had for your spouse is no longer there, and you're not sure if, if you can restore this. How do you go about it? What do you do? What is the process? When you fall out of love with your spouse and your marriage takes that drastic turn, long before the love sets sail, there are signs that point to a future disappointing marriage. Mabel saw the signs, but she did not reach out until her love ship vanished over the horizon. But there is still hope for a person like Mabel. I'm not saying that she can restore her marriage at this juncture, but there is hope. But what about you? If your love boat is adrift, if it's happening right now before your eyes, then I do recommend that you take heed to what I have to say. I received an, a lengthy email that I'm going to share with you in just a moment from Mabel. Of course, that's not her name. I don't like sharing personal information in these podcasts, and so I make it generic. I flatten it out, change some of the, some of the data so it can really apply to all of us because, well, there are many times when people do send us emails, and it is so applicable, and I want to work it out because it will benefit many of us, but I also don't want to divulge uh, who these people are, and I won't do that here also. And so I will call her, well, my typical friends are Bill and Mabel. And so in this case, we are talking about Mabel. What do you do when your marriage is adrift? What are some of the signs? How can you respond? What would you say to Mabel, whose marriage has already not just set sail, but it has moved over the horizon, seemingly in a hopeless position? Well, I want to talk about that in this podcast. And the title of the article that I'm sharing with you is, Will You Please Help Me? I Do Not Like My Spouse Anymore. I derived the title for the podcast and the article that I'm sharing with you from the email that was sent to me. Here is the flatten out version from Mabel. She said, I read your booklet. Help, my marriage has grown cold. I think I am the wife in that booklet. I told my husband that I don't care for him. I have no affection for him, and if we were dating, I would break up with him and never turn back. I have all kinds of questions for you, like, how do I live in a marriage like this? Can God give me contentment when there is such a difference between my husband and me? How do you think I'm sinning, especially since I don't love my husband? I'm not even sure how to forgive him after all these years of disappointment and friction between us. I have no idea what to do or how to let go and start over again. Everything I try does not affect my husband. He does not change. My heart feels frozen when I think about him. Just to let you know, I have not been innocent in our marriage. I have repeatedly sinned against him. Initially, I, I never realized how my sinful responses would cause him to be so apathetic toward our marriage. Though I have asked him to forgive me, he looks at me with disgust and disinterest. I have my life, and he has his. Our marriage causes great concern for me regarding our young children. What will life be like for them? What can I do for them? Though we have been in counseling, it does not do any good. He does not change, and I feel hopeless for the marriage and our children. Help, signed Mabel. And, of course, it's not Mabel, but the story is true. 
albeit flattened out. This is a typical email or forum response that, that we receive on a regular basis. There is rarely a week that goes by where we don't receive an email or forum post like this one. The cries for help come from husbands and wives. In this case, it's a wife, but what I'm going to share with you, it applies to either the husband or wife, whether you're Mabel writing this or Biff writing this. What these spouses had hoped for their marriages takes a turn, usually imperceptible. And only after years have passed do they realize something is woefully wrong. And it's at that point they sense hopelessness. And so in this email, it is a true account. Again, I am calling the person Mabel. This is not unusual as far as what we receive. I want you to know that because sometimes people do ask the question, Rick, what do you do? Some people have a hard time connecting the fact that we are internet ministry and the Lord has positioned us to help so many people. Even as I was preparing this article today, I received an email in response to our Life Over Coffee episode 307. In that podcast, I was responding to another email. A lady wrote in and she said that my husband uses your content to manipulate me and to try to force me to change, basically to keep her under his thumb. Now, that infuriated me, which I said in that episode 307, it was full-on irritation because I had heard that before. And, and so I did that podcast, and I had Sharon send it out to her and let her know that I did receive it because I'm not able to interact with people due to uh, the size of our ministry. I just can't do that with all the other things that I have to do. And so Sharon sent that episode 307 to her, and, and she responded back with gratitude and humility, and then she sent it to her best friend. And then her best friend wrote me today another lengthy email that Sharon shared, again, Sharon shared with me. And in that email, she talked about her husband doing the same thing, and now her husband is in jail. Uh, both of these women, they're, they're soon to be divorced from their abusive husbands. I'm saying that to say that these are common realities, and it's important for us to—I want you to know that so that you can have some kind of hint as to what we do on a daily basis. This is real work. It is hard work. It is excruciating as we deal with the heartbreak in people's lives. But two other things. God has been doing a good work in these ladies' lives. And I appreciate that, and God has done a good work in many men's, husbands, fathers' lives as well through this ministry. But one other thing, these women who have been communicating, like Mabel here and the other two who have communicated recently, if you read their emails, you would read humility in their emails, which is really stunning, especially in light of what they have gone through. So often we hear of people who have gone through things like what Mabel is describing, the email that I just read to you, and they have such bitter and angry and mean-spirited attitudes. And it's just phenomenal that when you get emails like this and they're, they're humble, they're gracious, 
but the backdrop is horrific. Their lives have been horrific, unimaginable for most of us. And I just want to draw attention to that because I want you to know a couple of things that one, and even though our world is so blooming dark right now, and there's so much going on globally that is just awful, that God is doing a good work. God is still working. And then second, there are people who are responding to adverse circumstances with humility. And we need to know those two things. God is working, and we can respond with humility, even though life kind of stinks for us. And that's what these ladies were communicating, and so I really appreciated that. So let me roll into this email from Mabel, the podcast, where you please help me. I don't like my spouse anymore. You know why I have the title after you have listened to the email. There are a few things that we can uh, discern about Mabel. One, she is a believer. Number two, her marriage might be beyond repair. Number three, unless God intervenes, the picture that Paul provides in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, it's not going to be theirs unless God intervenes. And then number four, she is a casualty of war in a marriage gone sour. Now, my analysis, this four-point analysis here, which is brief, But it can sound hard, and I understand that, but it does accurately restate what Mabel has already said. As you listen to what she said, you should be able to draw similar conclusions. You see, when helping someone, you want to be honest. You want to be compassionately honest, but you want to be honest with what they present to you. From her perspective, if she were listening to this podcast, I have no question in my mind that she would agree with my analysis. She's a believer. Her marriage might be beyond repair. If God doesn't intervene, Ephesians 5 won't be theirs. And then number four, she is a casualty of war and a marriage has gone sour. But is the marriage without hope? And that's a big question that she's really asking to, to summarize as succinctly as I can her email. And the answer to that question is, honestly, I do not know. I do know that it's dire. And though I do appreciate her reaching out to me, I have to recognize my limitations in a counseling situation like this, especially when only, when, when one, when only one person is looking for help. And it's important for you to know that, too. If, if Mabel came to you, you need to calibrate your mind to your limitations, not just your limitations in that you cannot grant repentance. That's what God does. But also the contextual limitation that there is only one person looking for help. And when one person is looking for help and that's it, it's going to be impossible at this juncture to bring any kind of change to the level of what Mabel wants, to the relationship. And so we want to make sure that we govern our hearts and that we look at the situation as objectively as we can. And that's why I'm trying to be honest in what Mabel is presenting here. Now, she gave me a list of questions. It is a long list. I'm going to interact with a couple of them because I cannot I cannot get into all of them because there's so much there. But I do have links throughout this uh, episode, throughout this article that I'm sharing with you. And what I would appeal to you to do is that if you want to get into some of her other questions like, uh, 
can I forgive my husband or how do I forgive my husband? She's also talking about regret for past actions. She's also asking questions about children. I answer all those questions by linking other content to our website. And so I would encourage you to uh, look at these links and you can get fuller answers to those uh, due to the limitations of a 30-minute uh, episode. But before I answer a couple of her questions about the hope in her marriage and what she can do and how she can think about it, I do want to give a warning, a warning to me, a warning to us, because Mabel is not an anomaly. Mabel is very much like us, and, and we need to understand that we could easily be in Mabel's position. Sin is cancerous, and if left undiagnosed, unchallenged, untreated, it will wreak irreparable damage on me, on you, on our lives, on our families, our friends, our local churches. Too often, people come to me like Mabel long after the sin has done its work. And Mabel is a case point. And I don't want you to hear me pointing a finger at her, at her or, or trying to make her feel worse than she already does. That's not what I'm doing here, but I am stating kind of the obvious. It's essential to know that future trouble must be approached preventatively, not after the fact. The Hebrew writer is kind of getting at this when he says in 3.7, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. And that's why before I get into what I want to say to Mabel, I want to give you and, and remind myself a, a warning that we are just a step away from, from being in a very similar situation. Her marriage may not change. But it doesn't mean you can't learn from what happened and make the changes that you need to make so you don't find yourself in, in the same boat. The aftermath of sin's destruction is far more excruciating than preventative measures that can prohibit such future heartbreak. And so you have two things that you can, that you can look at. Here's the tension. You can think about the aftermath of sin's destruction, and that's where Mabel is right now. I am saying that that is more excruciating than whatever preventative measures that you have to put in place to prohibit such a future aftermath. And so you decide which road of suffering you want to go down. Do you want to go down the preventative suffering road so you don't end up in a similar place as Mabel, or do you want to wait? And just keep kicking the can down the road, and then you go through the aftermath. I say that that will be more excruciating. And you and I, we cannot believe that we would be, we can't be so naive or arrogant to think, to think that we are any different from her. Don't think that the enemies of God are not interested in you. There is no place for naivete during wartime. And this is wartime. And though you can have a wonderful life, having a wonderful life and a wonderful marriage will not come by accident. Jesus did not cause sin's reversal by accident or by wishful thinking or by kicking the can down the road. He premeditated his gospel activity. Christ proactively set aside what he had with his father 
He came to earth to be obedient to death. His gospel efforts worked, but not through passivity, not due to immaturity, not because of a lack of wisdom or a lack of sobriety. And so like the Savior, you and I can enjoy a fruitful life and a fruitful marriage. You can have a dynamic relationship with your spouse and with your friends, but it will only come through premeditation, intentionality, wisdom, dying to self, active faith in God. And I do believe that if Mabel could share with you today, she would share these things. She would warn you as I'm warning you and and taking heed to the same warning. She would want you to know the pitfalls in relationships and the heart's deceptions when it comes to romance. She would warn you not to do as she did. And though Mabel cannot go back in time, there is a path forward. And so now you've had your warning, don't do as she did, and I will try to heed the similar warning. I won't do as she did. By the grace of God, how do we help her? How do you interact with a a couple who has her questions? Well, I can't answer them all. And as you were listening, she gave me a whole battery, (laughs) a battery of questions, which is great. It's really, really good. But if you're interested in getting into all of her questions, and then I appeal to you again that you go to this article and you will see, you will see maybe between 30 and 40 links embedded inside this article. And so there are thorough answers here. And so if the questions, all of her questions are vital to you, then you have your answers right here in this podcast, in this article titled, Will You Please Help Me? I do not like my husband anymore. Mabel's marriage can change. It can I mean, let me illustrate. Think through all the hopeless situations in the Bible. Moses and the Israelites standing on the water's edge with an army marching forward to eradicate them. I just read that this morning. Read or listened. I can't remember. I do a reading and I do a listing, but we're, I'm, and I'm kind of in the same, same era. And so I was in Exodus and I was reading that or listening to that this morning. And so I threw that in this article when thinking about Mabel's marriage, can it change? Well, I was thinking about Moses and the Israelites standing on the water's edge with an army marching forward to eradicate them. Or what about a man coming to earth to die on a cross to rescue humanity? It is a well-worn question, but one worth asking again, is anything impossible for God? No doubt God can do incredible things. The fact of the gospel informs moments of insanity, meaning not thinking sanely or not thinking biblically. To be sane is to be biblical, and so to think sanely is to think biblically. And I'm I'm using language that I hope will grab your attention, because if we're not thinking in line with the Bible, then anything that deviates that goes outside of the line of of Scripture, the canon, the rule, anything that goes outside that line, well, that's insanity. And so when, and we all have those moments of insanity, right? And so the fact of the gospel, the gospel informs us when we're asking insane questions, can God fix this? 
Of course he can. But there is a better question that we want to ask, and that question is, will Will God change Mabel's marriage? Or perhaps you're asking this question, will God change your marriage? Today's questions about today's marriage that has future answers is not answerable because no one can say, yes, he will. No one should say, yes, he will. That would be arrogant. Or no one should say, no, he won't. That would be just as arrogant. There is an element of mystery in Mabel's marriage that she will have to wrestle with to find contentment in Christ alone. You remember the question she was asking, how can I find contentment in a relationship like this? Well, if contentment comes with only one answer, only one final answer that my marriage has to be right, then contentment won't come. Contentment has to come through another door. And so there is an element of mystery that, and maybe we'll have to wrestle with that element of mystery because we do not know if God will fix her marriage the way that she wants to. But as she wrestles through this mysterious question that she's asking, she will, as she does that, she will have to learn to find contentment in Christ alone, not in the sense of having a marriage the way that she wants us. God will not tell us future outcomes. God is calling us to live by faith, not by sight. He will not give the answers we want because if he did, those answers would negate the faith that he is calling us to. And while we hope God will change our trouble, I hope God will change Mabel's marriage, we have to wrestle to find our confidence in God alone and not in what he may or may not do. Now, one of the most profound illustrations of this concept that I'm communicating is in the book of Daniel, and you know the story. The three Hebrew boys decided to disobey their king, choosing to obey God. The king punished them, but just before punishing them, he called on them to deny God. And you know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. They said that God can deliver us. He said, he will deliver us out of your hand. This is Daniel 3. But then they said, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Did you hear those three little words? But if not, those words are absolutely remarkable. What the three boys said illustrates practical faith in action. God is calling us to live their kind of faith. Life is not about what we get. It's not about a restored marriage. It's not about what we don't get. Life is about, I'm primarily, life is about the God we serve primarily. There is no more challenging lesson in life than learning how to walk out authentic and practical faith in God. I don't know if any marriage will change. It may. It may not. But if not, here are three things that I do know. Number one, you and I must glorify God in all of our circumstances. Number two, God can use sin sinlessly to to accomplish His purposes in your life. Number three, God can take any sin, as evil as it may be, and bring glory to himself and benefit to you. As hard as it would be for me to hear, I would be asking the wrong question first, too. 
You see, Mabel's not asking the right question first. It's the wrong one. What Mabel wants to know, it does reveal her heart's priorities. The three Hebrew boys were not as interested in changing their circumstances as they were interested in putting God on display. The better first question is how can we put God on display rather than what God can do for us? And yes, I do understand the real-world tension of what I'm suggesting. But I also know that God's preeminent desire is not to meet all of our dreams or all of our expectations. The Lord's most urgent plan is to transform us into His Son He cannot change you into an accurate image of Jesus if your transcending heart's intention or desire is about what you can get or not get. I do not say these things in a detached way, as though I have not suffered the loss of the dearest things on earth. I have suffered many losses over many decades of living. I've lost a wife, I've lost children, I've lost a father, I've lost brothers, and I've had losses through sickness. I have a sense of the severity of what Peter said in 1 Peter 2. He said this, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an, an example that you might follow in his steps. And so, though Mabel is asking a lot of questions about getting her marriage back to a place or to a place that that she desires again i would be asking a similar question but that's not the right question to ask first the first question is will i glorify god regardless of what happens in the future will i take on the the words of the three hebrew boys and make them mine in a most practical and transformative way That's where I have to get to first. Now, I did respond to Mabel, and I I shared some of these things. And Mabel wrote back, talking about humility. I was talking about the humility of Mabel and the other two ladies that have written recently. Mabel wrote back, and she said that she knew the answers to her questions. And by the way, I assumed that she did. Most folks in similar straits already know the proper responses to their pressing queries. She said that out of despair and desperation, she was looking for a magic pill, and I knew exactly what she was saying. She was reaching out in part to speak to someone with a a faint hope that the answers would be different, and I so appreciated her humility. Many years ago, I was searching for that magic pill, and I never found it. Not not the pill that was going to give me what what I wanted. The pill that Mabel was looking for, hoping that she could get what she wanted rather than hearing what she already knew. Perhaps it would be better to say the magic worked differently than what I had anticipated. God gave me something else. He gave me something I did not ask for. He gave me something I did not think about. And it's been more than 30 years later And my losses were the primary means of grace the Lord used to stabilize my soul. It was though the loss of all things, through the loss of all things, that I found God. And Mabel knows that the magic pill 
is not getting her life the way that she wants it. The magic pill is is transcending these terrestrial desires as good as they are. I'm not saying that her desires are bad, but I am saying that sometimes there are situations like the Hebrew boys, like Christ in Gethsemane, like the Israelites traveling through the wilderness, and there's scores of others. Sometimes the magic pill is not getting the life that we want, but finding Christ, and God uses the circumstances that we are in to get us to that place. I will close the podcast by sharing something that you're quite familiar with, another person who found the magic pill, not through these earthly things, but through something else. He said this, Though I find myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had... I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection of the dead. That's Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 11, penned by the great apostle Paul. The title of the podcast, Will You Please Help Me? I Don't Like My Spouse Anymore. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.